Anthony Urcioli here, your digital host as part of the Forge Audio Network, and we are joined by Andy Petrillo, uh, host, analyst um, for One Soccer, CBC. You can see her all over the place. Uh, thanks so much, Andy, for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. You know, I, I should say right off the bat that as a, a five foot six male who stopped growing in grade seven, I, I instinctively want to dislike your husband. I, I don't know him. <laughs> He just seems a little too tall for my liking is all. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I there, there are other things that make me dislike him too. Um, <laughs> mostly his hair as well. He's very lucky to have a yeah, thick head of hair with an auburn tinge to it, which is what I've always wanted in my life. So you can, you can hate him for the height. I hate him for that. No, I'm kidding. We love him. But yeah, six foot five, um, prototypical goalkeeper, right? Yes. Um, just as kooky as, as they come as well. So Right. Yeah. And I didn't even think about the full head of hair. That's two, two strikes oh. against him now. <laughs> I, we might have to end this. I can't. I don't know if I can keep it together. I love that. That's too I, I didn't even do that on purpose. I was, thinking, okay. I was thinking more about me. And then I'm like, oh, Anthony. Whoops. Okay, there you go. <laughs> it's these these Italian jeans. I can't I can't shake them. Um, you know, actually, that brings up an inter interesting point because you know Forge and Toronto FC. Your husband, by the way, former Toronto FC goalkeeper, now uh, keeper coach mm -hmm. for Toronto FC. There's a big matchup coming up at Tim Hortons Field in June mm -hmm. between Forge and TFC. I know you have a soft spot for the Canadian Premier League. But also your husband. It's a yeah. bit of a con conflicting things here. Yeah, I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. Um, but listen, I love these types of matchups. I think the CPL MLS matchups in the Canadian Championship have been thrilling, to say the least. Uh, obviously, in that first year with what Cavalry did and then what Pacific was able to do, both of them against Vancouver. And I mean, Forge going the distance you know, with CF Montreal, like everyone having to take a kick, even Tristan Henry having to get on in there and the goalkeepers. So it's never been short of drama. I'm very excited to see what this will hold. I'm also curious um, just to know as well, more so for Toronto FC, right, if it'll be a full lineup. Because if I'm not mistaken, I do think that's going to be a FIFA window. And mm. obviously with Canada qualifying for the World Cup, you know John Herdman's going to want to call everybody in as much as possible to get them any kind of playing time. Right. So I'm also right. curious to see what kind of lineup um, that'll be, but it doesn't matter. Right. It's still going to be a great forge TFC matchup on June 4th. So I'm just rooting for a great game. Yes. Everyone to have fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I know. I got you. Um, <laughs> I, you know, as someone, by the way, I, like, I remember seeing you, you know, I was at the first ever forge game and, and i remember actually seeing you there so i mean you, you've seen it from the ground up it's interesting when, when the announcement of the canadian premier league came across mm -hmm. i was working in radio at, at 900 chml and we were all kind of like this is great but a league from scratch i mean mm -hmm. i don't it's it's a risk and what's the quality going to be like it took all of me arriving at the stadium and seeing the first five minutes to kind of feel like, okay, hang on, this is some, there's something here. Did you kind of get those same vibes when you saw it for the first time? Yeah, I was skeptical just because we've seen so many iterations of a domestic league for men start up and quite frankly fail. So when this came about, I thought, mm, do they have it together? Is this something that's going to last? Um, you know, or were they able to learn from past mistakes and create a really solid foundation? So, you know, I watched the first year and I thought it was fantastic. And, you know, um, 
it was it was great to see obviously Forge and Cavalry were the two teams that really separated themselves you know from the pack and I thought okay if my only knock against this league is that there needs to be more parity then that's fine that'll come with time and we're definitely seeing it now Uh, but yeah I started to get uh, my confidence grew when I started to meet more of the owners started to deal with more people you know in the Canadian Premier League office I'm like okay these people have it together like they they know where they're coming from here, right? The Canadian business, you know, board was on was on board as well. And, you know, meeting with Scott Mitchell and you just know the people involved. You're like, okay, this is this is pretty legit. I like what's happening here. And obviously our our fears were quelled because, you know, here we are now in the fourth season. We're seeing the parody. Uh, we've seen player turnover, but obviously in a good way. We've seen players get called into national camp. We've seen players graduate to Major League Soccer. We've seen coaching changes and other coaches come on in and hone their skills. So there's a there's a lot to be excited about and positive about. But I was with you, man. In the beginning, I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about this. But now now I feel pretty good. I think we, we expected early on for Forge to kind of be the, the class of the league, at least for the first few seasons. And they don't, they don't seem to be showing any signs of uh, letting up. Mm-hmm. No, this is a strong team. Um, and, and to your point, we always knew that they would be strong, much like Cavalry, because of the grassroots level they had. Cavalry had the foothills and obviously Sigma here with, with Forge. It was absolutely no surprise either to see these two teams be the class of the league in the beginning, but also continue to be, right? There's a little bit still of that feeder system. Um, you know, these are two coaches as well, and Tommy Wielden Jr. You know, yeah. and then obviously Bobby Smirniotis being around for as long as he has, right? So it, no surprise to see them do that. And Bobby is so, Bobby's so smart. I mean, a lot of the coaches I've spoken to are so great, but I, I still remember that first year in 2019 and heading into that final, and it was that second leg against Cavalry and just having a chance to talk to him and the way he dissected the game, the way he talked about tactics, um, the way he even talked about the opposition and what players on his team needed to go where. I remember turning, you know, to my one soccer crew after that, like I turned to Ollie, we had Jeff Paulus um, as well, who was a guest um, host with us, former coach of FC Edmonton. And we just went, "Uh uh-oh. Like, we just knew Cavalry was in trouble. We just knew. The way Bobby was talking, it was like he had bullets in the chamber that he hadn't used throughout the season. And that's why, and I keep asking the guys, like, I'll poke and prod a little bit here by saying, hey, Forge is not at the top of the table here. You're for Like, are you concerned, right? And, of course, they say no, because mm-hmm. this is kind of Forge's MO as well, right? Like, this is Bobby once again observing. Not that, of course, you don't want to come out of the gates flying and pick up wins all the time. But he's also not panicking, right? Because he's looking at the other teams. He's figuring them out. He looks at his team. He knows what he has. Obviously, they're coming off a nice, you know, uh, win there against Edmonton. And they'll have their hands full. I do think they're going to have their hands full against Valor, who's next, just because Valor's coming off, you know, a big 6-1 win over Ottawa. And sometimes that afterglow can last, you know, a a while. And that confidence is there. But uh, no, I mean, Forge has been strong from the beginning and to have the cerebral mind of, you know, Bobby Smirniotis as well and the way he watches you. I mean, he's like, honestly, he's a lion who stalks his prey (laughs) and uh, he can figure out the team very quickly and then have the right pieces in place um, on his own team to go out and challenge them. Yeah. And and you've, you've been out to a lot of the different CPL communities. Um, I'm, I, I barely leave my home, so I'm definitely not leaving Hamilton. But when when you get out to these different markets, um, do you feel the same energy from the different fan bases that that we have here in Hamilton? 
Oh, yeah. I, I have to say the CPL fan base has been incredible. That was my first experience, to your point, the very first game ever, CPL being in Hamilton. Um, but I thought it was so wonderful at the time known as York 9, right? But, like, even the York 9 fans, the way they came mm-hmm. out, and there was the green smoke and everything, and, I, and the buses were unloading them, and I thought, okay, here we go. And then, obviously, I've had the privilege of watching a game in Halifax, too. And just because of the size, like, that's another thing, right? Like, given the size of certain venues – Right now in the CPL, a smaller stadium just bodes well. So that, I mean, it's loud in Halifax. They absolutely love the team. Again, small little kind of city center. So they gather and they make their way over uh, and they Mm -hmm. march. Um, Edmonton, the fans were still there, even though I was there in November, which was close to the end of the season and they were clearly out of the playoffs. The fans still showed up, right? Like they were still there. So it's been a great vibe all around. And then Calvary, of course, you know, I'm having the, the privilege of being at Atco Field there and watching that fan base. Everyone loves their teams. Um, and I think that's where the CPLs really kind of hit on those markets. And I'm so excited to see the new teams, you know, launching as well. The other one mm-hmm. out in BC, obviously very excited, you know, for that one in Saskatchewan, because I think when you kind of hit these markets, you can really grow the league as well. And the fans are into it. Yes. And it, it's interesting. You, you talked about, it, I, I struggle with this sometimes too, because you want to reward the hardcore CPL fans who've been there from the start and you don't want to talk down to them, but you know, every time you go on the air, you could have a new viewer, maybe someone who's new to soccer and they just want to kind of be a part of it. Can it be difficult to kind of bridge that? Cause you, it, you can easily, um, let's say offend the hardcore soccer fans if you do talk down to them, but you don't want to alienate the new fans too. Where do you kind of strike that balance? Yeah, it's it's tough, and it's not something you can really plan. Sometimes, right. you know, to your point, there could be a storyline. And, to, yeah, what you just said, like the diehard fan knows that storyline. They know the implications of that storyline. And they're probably sitting there going, Andy, like, why are you explaining that again? Or why do you feel this is necessary? Because to your point, we do have a new audience, whether it's in Canada or whether it's now, as you know, we've signed new deals as One Soccer, mm-hmm. where the CPL is now airing in Mexico and it's now airing in the Caribbean. So now you mm-hmm. have this completely different audience who's tuning in going, what is this, right? So now you feel the need to kind of a little go back a little bit in history and Bobby and Sigma, right? And then you kind of do the grassroots and then Tristan Borges was the great player in year one and then left and then came back. Like, You do have to sometimes do a little bit of storytelling and a little bit of explaining and, um, you know, just year one, there was the, you know, the spring champion and the summer champion, and then there was the title and now it's change and this with the under 21 minutes. So you do some explaining, you do some storytelling while at the same time trying to get in some hardcore analysis as well. But, you know, I do appreciate you even giving me this platform right now to any fans who are watching that that is the predicament, if it's a predicament, sometimes that has a negative connotation. That is the honor we have as people on air, is knowing that the CPL is growing, knowing that we want to speak to the ones who have been there since day one, but at the same time, we are in different markets. We're in, we're in the Caribbean now, we're in Mexico now, right. and we're also getting new Canadian fans as well. So we want to make sure we uh, entice them, intrigue them, and keep them on board too. Right. And I, you know, and you, for yourself, you have the added challenge of being a woman on television talking about sports. I mean, that's just the unfortunate reality of, of where we are now. And it is nice, you know, you turn on one soccer and there's there's three three women breaking down a Canada match. Um, we have female officials in the CPL and mm-hmm. referees. 
I just, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, Leah Hextall, for example, for, you know, those who don't know, um, who's a great, great hockey analyst and got criticized for a question she asked to, to Wayne Simmons. And I just, I, I see that. And I think, I guess the point I'm trying to get at is as much as we see that, like, cause people will say like, yeah, but women are officials now. And, and look, they're, they're on TV talking about sports. Like, what are you talking about? Where's whatever, you know, the glass ceiling has been broken. I guess what they don't see is that you still have to deal with the tweets and the emails and the comments. And that's something, I mean, you've been around long enough that you've endured, but I don't imagine that gets easier as, mm-hmm. as time goes by. No, it, yeah. I mean, I've been doing this going on two decades now, right? You would think the credibility would be there now that I'm not saying that I don't say things or do things or whatever that should be challenged by all means, go ahead and do it. But I think also what you're referring to, right, is there's constructive criticism and then there's absolute gremlins. Um, who are out there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and and the gremlins, unfortunately, um, well, they're, I call them that because they just, they don't have respect. So they don't see someone who's been around a long time. They don't see someone who's been doing this a lot longer than them and someone who probably has way more expertise uh, Mm -hmm. than them. They'll never see it that way, right? So you just kind of call a spade a spade. But to your point, when it comes to social media, I've learned also just to handle it better. And unfortunately, there are a lot of good people out there who end up kind of being sacrificed. But in order for my own sanity and in order for me to continue to feel confident and do my job to the best of my ability, I've turned my mentions off on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. So unless I follow you, I don't see your tweets. Again, I apologize because I know there are incredible people out there who probably do tweet at me and say encouraging things or also just want to have a good constructive dialogue. I don't see that. Um, And also on Instagram, if I don't follow you on Instagram, you can't leave a comment on anything that I post. Sure, you can still DM me. That's where I just still have to practice my own self-discipline and, mm-hmm. and not look. But that's the peace of mind, you know, that I get. And I have the ability to do my job well by conquering that, right? Like knowing when to look at social media, knowing when not to, but I have the control. That's that's mm-hmm. the key there, right? Because you, you're right. And I have male counterparts who get it. I mean, just ask Gareth Wheeler. I mean, the poor guy, you know, is like a punching bag every single week. But I think the difference is the con- is, is the undertones that when women mm-hmm. are attacked, there's a different undertone there. Um, it, it, it can be very violent. Um, it can be, unfortunately, very sexual. It, it, it can be very scary, right? When women are attacked, um, it's, it's different because I see, I see how the men are attacked versus how the women are attacked, right? Of so course, yeah. yeah, it's, it is very unfortunate. Yes. And I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned those the kind of safeguards you have in place because those are things that I would never have to think about it. And most male counterparts would never have to think about. So I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned it, but you are one of the best in the biz and I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I guess, you know, I'm sure we'll chat again before the CPL season is, is done. I appreciate it. And I just want, Bobby, I'm sorry. I just had a little brain fart, but I will never forget your name again. I was just in my head mesmerized by the beard. And he could never lose the beard now because, I mean, that's become his trademark. It, no, never lose the beard. <laughs> we are the Lord, the mighty, mighty Lord.